This is the Texas Hemp Reporter Podcast, your source for the Texas hemp and cannabis industry. Podcast number 146 this week of the Texas Hemp Show. As we get things going here in the middle of October, it is the 12th of October as we're recording. Uh, the show will air tomorrow on the 13th. Tomorrow or today if you're listening tomorrow, Friday, October 13th. So uh, thought we'd kick this thing off with a little Halloween music as we get things going. As the weather turns and the foliage kicks in here in uh, the United States is the weather cooling off here as we enjoy the fall and uh, everybody getting their harvest done. It's harvest season if you're in the cannabis space. Joining me in studio this week is our co-host Rachel Nelson. Hi Rachel, how are you? Hello, I'm doing well, thank you. Well good, good to, good to have you on. The new issue of the Texas Hemp Reporter came out last week. We didn't get a chance to have this one uh, on last week's show, but it's available and out there statewide now and and um, people are picking these up uh, across the state at their CBD stores and uh, smoke shop locations around the state. That's our 20th edition of the Texas Hemp Reporter magazine, the state's only cannabis publication covering um, legislative movement and victories within the hemp space and cannabis space. So uh, uh, speaking of victories, just a few weeks ago, we did have the uh, the panel voted for the, of the Delta 8 products still now until another challenge if that's coming down the road we don't know yet we'll find out next week more when our guest david attorneys david sergi and andrea Steele will be on the show next week to talk with us a little bit uh, about some of the status with that movement with that panel and and so we're still got our our hip drive products uh, here in the lone star state but let's turn this week to our guest this week uh, chiming in from the san diego and southern california area the ceo of fund canna if you've ever gotten an email from uh, friends over at Marijuana Moment, uh, like most of us do, you've probably seen the Fun Canum marketing. Our guest this week is Adam Stetner, founder and CEO of Fun Canna, which is a leader in innovation for funding the underserved cannabis industry. And so Adam has over 30 years experience in finance, leadership, management, sales, and business development. And uh, prior to his experience at Fund Canna, he served as the founder and CEO of Reliant Funding, one of the largest funding sources for small or medium businesses. And uh, Reliant, under his leadership, funded over $2 billion on a balance sheet for nearly 60,000 business owners. And so uh, he was also the founder and president of the National Lending Associates Incorporated. And joining us this week on podcast 146 from Southern California, Adam Stetner. Welcome to the Texas Hemp Show. Adam, how are you, my friend? 
I'm doing very well, Russell. Thank you for having me. <laughs> well, cool, man. We have been seeing your content, constant support that you guys do uh, with Kyle and Tom over there uh, at uh, Marijuana Moment. We're always getting their newsletters, and we've kind of become aware of your brand, really, in the last few years uh, through your support of them. And I, I uh, uh, commend you for supporting them because they do fantastic work on the, covering the national cannabis scene. So. Uh, we became aware of you guys, and I actually reached out to one of your your reps a few uh, weeks or month or two ago, and uh, was kind of in, in curious about you know getting my own business funded and and just kind of learning a little more about it. And I thought it'd be great to get you on the show and tell us a little bit about Fun Canna. Thank you. Yeah, I'm happy to be here, and I appreciate you uh, you hosting us. Well, tell us a little bit about the the company and and how you help vendors and retailers in general providing funding for cannabis business owners. And I have a lot of retailers that listen to the show uh, here in Texas, Adam, and I'm sure many of them would be interested in hearing you know how you might be able to help their business. Sure. Well, I'll give you just a just a tiny bit of background, and and please feel free to redirect me, but. Um, I was, uh, as you referenced, uh, I was funding traditional non-cannabis business uh, at the company I started prior to this. Um, and, and the reason I was doing that was because I knew and, and still know banks are excellent at what they do, but they are very selective. So they're happy to take clients as deposit clients, uh, but traditional small businesses are approved for loans by the very banks that service their deposit accounts at a rate of only 20 to 25 percent. Mm -hmm. During the pandemic, I saw that uh, cannabis was deemed essential, and and I I found that fascinating because here we are fragmented across 40 states, Texas included, uh, in terms of what is and isn't legal, uh, whether it's THC, CBD, hemp. Uh, of the 15,000 banks that service traditional business, only five to 800, now 800, but at the time that I was looking, 500 serve, serve cannabis, uh, including hemp and CBD. Mm -hmm. And uh, the lending is significantly, uh, it's very restrictive. Uh, when they lend, it's typically only on real estate. Uh, and even then, um, prohibitive in terms of the restrictions uh, the requirements and the like. And so I saw an opportunity to take what I knew about both uh, consumer lending in student loans, where I did about 15 billion, and uh, commercial lending, where I've done about 3 billion, take what I know, study the supply chain, understand uh, the, the operators and their needs, and design financial product for them. So that since uh, fall of 21, uh, that has been my focus is solely cannabis, whole plant, THC, CBD, hemp, um, and uh, and we've been we've been funding clients since January of uh, 2022. So just about 20 months now. Wow. Well, did you were you uh, were you also getting yourself in in the cannabis space as a business owner? Did you have a uh, are you yourself uh, integrated into the cannabis industry? And, how, and, and what got you, you know, into the green space? So, so well, what I saw during the pandemic, uh, the short version of this story, Russell, during the pandemic, I was running a business lender, non-cannabis business lender. Now, I've always been uh, a consumer of <laughs> cannabis, 
but but I haven't been in the industry. Uh, I w- I'm a finance guy, and and I say that uh, in a casual way. I am not traditional, really, in in any of the things I do. I like to think outside the box. I like to be creative and innovative. I've always thought of myself and tried to behave uh, in an entrepreneurial way, which means you have to understand your client. Well, during the pandemic, I'm running this traditional business lender. uh, And like everyone else, we're forced to be at home. I had 220 employees. I had to close my office. We're all working from home. I had 4,800 clients uh, with outstanding balances and none of them were able to operate. And I'm watching the news and cannabis is deemed essential and they're open. I got into my car and I drove (laughs) to my local dispensary and sure enough, people are mulling around other than masks. It was business as usual. And I was fascinated by that. So it sent me down the rabbit hole of how is cannabis supported? Uh, What does the financial ecosystem of this industry look like Uh, from banking through uh, uh, credit, you name it? And and what I learned was not only they underserved like traditional consumers and businesses by banks. um, I often make the joke and don't get me wrong. Banks are incredible partners. But I often make the jokes that at times banks, they're never around when we need them. Um, they're always around when they want us. <laughs> and so uh, I, the more I researched, the more I understood that most of this industry is COD. And there isn't really a way to leverage finance for growth, uh, whether that's expansion, purchase of product. But there is downtime between cash outlay and revenue cycle. And so what I started doing was studying the supply chain from growing biomass and and plant um, through manufacturing. And when you think of uh, CBD products in particular, you have uh, separation of flour and then manufacturing of crude and distillate and the like, and then turning it into product, whether that product is being smoked, uh, turned into an edible uh, tincture, you name it there's downtime between cash outlay and revenue. And so the genesis for Funcana and the reason I entered the space was the space was fragmented. You had federal and states at odds. You had each state with different rules. You have lack of interstate commerce, problems with taxation, et cetera. Um, But there really was no solution for financing. So I wanted to create a financial product that was specifically designed to fill the need only for this industry. So since fall of 21, I've focused on nothing but servicing uh, the cannabis industry. Wow, that is really fantastic and a great story too, Adam. I I kind of relate to it as a, I'm a magazine publisher and I own a number of magazine products here in Austin, Texas. And the, the sports industry, my sports magazine was put out of business as a result of COVID. And so I was, uh, didn't have anything to work on. And I kind of ended up pivoting into this rather habstantously. I, I didn't, um, I kind of ended up into the, the cannabis space uh, publishing wise, but I think it's fantastic that, that you saw 
that they were still uh, they were essential, you know, during the pandemic and, and recognized uh, that isn't that the great thing about entrepreneurship, uh, Adam? Uh, you see, we see a need for something or, or, or a lack of it, and um, uh, and uh, you just go to work with there. And I, so I think the industry is it ought to be grateful that you've stepped into this role. Can you tell us, Adam, how many businesses you are currently working with at Funcana? Sure. So uh, keeping in mind, we really just started funding in January of 22. It took, like so many other cannabis businesses, just getting into the space. So start the company in fall, September of 21. Uh, I had to get licensed as a lender. I am am not licensed in cannabis, but I'm licensed as a lender, open bank accounts, which, you know, talking to banks about movement of capital with my end client being cannabis companies, um, it gave me a real taste of what cannabis operators deal with. Uh, but by January of 22, we were funding. Our first month, we funded three businesses. Uh, and and the truth is, I was still learning. I had been <laughs> studying the supply chain for a year, uh, traveling around, meeting with growers, manufacturers, distributors, and retailers, and then some ancillary providers. But, but since then, we've funded nearly 700 clients. Wow. Um, and uh, we've underwritten about 1,300, uh, uh, a little bit over 1,300 clients. Uh, but again, funded around 700 of them. Um, and, uh, and what's really nice about this is of the clients we funded, those that haven't funded very recently, uh, 80% of them have come back to us uh, for additional funding. And I will tell you that that um, it's not, uh, look, everything we do, every business owner, there are elements of that, that it's a numbers game. So there's a portion of what we do, it's always a numbers game. However, for me, I look at uh, repeat business as the number one indicator for me. Are we providing A, the right product, um, and be the right level of service because it is, I don't want to say easy, but it is much easier to uh, convince someone to try you the first time. But mm-hmm. if their experience with you is not positive or the product that you deliver to them doesn't help their business or fill the need that they're trying to fill, then the odds are they won't be back. So the thing I'm most proud of is, is, uh, the fact that for every dollar that we've put out to a new client, we've already put out a $2.10 more behind it uh, in subsequent funding, which tells me um, we're already at, at greater than two to one. Uh, and if we weren't working very hard to service this industry, um, I don't think uh, the numbers would look like that. The other thing that I'll say is um, we've evolved the product numerous times uh, and will continue to evolve the product since we started. So the product we began with in January of 22 has evolved to where it is now. And I think that evolution will never end. The more we speak to cannabis operators uh, and hemp operators, uh, the more we continue to evolve the product so that we're meeting them where they need us to be rather than having them come to where we are. Our guest, Fun Canna CEO Adam Stetner, here on Podcast 146 this week of the Texas Hemp Show. And uh, if you have got a business and you're interested in 
and maybe looking or you haven't had the success with the traditional lending uh, in this space. If you're here in the Lone Star State or you guys have, I know retailers listen to us and uh, people in, that are in vertical and across the state all uh, tune in. But I just was curious about it myself and reached out and and uh, I've spoken with uh, uh, the, one of the national reps over there is Jeff Brock and, and Jeff's my account executive there with Fun Canna. Um, my co-host Rachel Nelson will have one or two for you here. Uh, uh, Adam, go ahead, Rachel. What do you got, do you got for him? Um, yeah, Adam. My understanding is that your business um, allows businesses to use funds from a lump sum that they're pre-approved for, so when they need it, they can just come access it. Can you? Kind to talk about that and how it's paid back sure sure and i appreciate uh that question thank you mm -hmm. so um what we try to do is we we look at a lot of things i won't bore your listeners with all the details but we look at a, a lot of things but but streamline the process so the work that we do is our work not the client's work uh but we look to make sure when applicable that they're duly licensed and compliant uh, we look at bank statements and the like, and then we determine what the maximum amount is uh, available at any one time. Uh, now, a lot of our clients receive an approval for X amount of dollars. Over time, working with us, that amount grows. Um, we've never had it that that amount shrinks, uh, but over time, that amount grows. But it's their choice as to how much they draw. In other words, it's not a take it or leave it. Um, they can choose to take more or less, almost like the dial or the lever, it's in their hand. So we may arbitrarily, we may offer, let's say, $250,000. But the need at the moment might be that, let's say it's a, a CBD producer that is buying biomass uh, to produce uh, oil or tincture. Um, that they only need, let's say, $50,000 in order to pay a vendor. Um, they can draw just the 50 they need. And then we'll give them terms, let's say roughly a year. So they can pay now the vendor using our yeah. capital. And then over the course of a year, slowly pay us back. Now, the nice thing is, again, listening to the industry, they may not want to keep the money the entire time because they want to also have control over their cost of capital. So uh, what we do is we enable them to repay us anytime they want. So while we're giving them a full year with weekly payments uh, to, to repay us, they can make these micro payments to us to service that $50,000 draw. And then let's say after three months, the product that they purchase turns into a revenue generating event. They can pay us back and pay only for the time used. And so, and then that process can start over again. The other nice thing is, speaking to your question, Rachel, is they they may draw fifty thousand this week, and then they may have a need for eighty thousand three weeks from now. They can do multiple draws against that same facility up to two hundred and fifty thousand. As they pay back, that money becomes available to them again. So it, we want it to function for them almost like a revolving line of credit where they dictate either how much they draw and when they pay it back, controlling their cost. But we also give them um, the freedom to uh, basically, it, it's to use it just like a revolver, revolve the facility uh, as they wish, uh, both in amount 
and duration. Um, and then we will either distribute that money to directly to them so they can use it however they wish, or we're happy with third-party authorization. If they give us authorization, we're happy to pay the vendors on their behalf directly. So they have an invoice, we pay the invoice, product gets shipped to them, they do what they do, and then they can pay us whenever they wish uh, in full, or they can let the term of that individual funding go uh, all the way uh, to extermination. <laughs> That's just fantastic, Adam. I think that is really great. I, I have clients that, uh, uh, you know, I do marketing services for it here in Texas. I have some big ones. I have some small ones, but I really find that, uh, um, you know, some of the smaller guys need to make a big purchase with their vendor. And I could just really see that this could really come in and, and help uh, grow the industry and, and grow small business. In this, as you know, small business, uh, things change all the time. And so something comes through or you get a bad order or uh, you need to borrow. Uh, it, it's uh, <laughs> it's always a challenge uh, in any small business. And, and I see it from time to time in mine, in my own business. And, and I wouldn't borrow the whole amount, you know, you would only, it, it's like, it's like just using a line of credit. And so right. I think it's a, I think this is a valuable service uh, that you provide. And I, and I hope that our fellow Texans uh, will look you guys up. We're going to take a um, commercial break, uh, I guess, real quick here. And then we'll come back on the other side. And I want to maybe talk a little bit about regulation, um, what you think about the Safe Banking Act. And if that is that going to change anything for the better or worse uh, for your business? But I think that um, in, the, in the general sense, uh, anything with banking changing in Congress is a good thing. And so there's some there's Congress. There's some movement they're talking about. You're probably familiar with the Safe Banking Act. But um, we're going to take a, uh, a quick commercial break, and then we'll come back on the other side as Podcast 146 will continue here. And uh, we'll uh, talk more with Adam Sentner with the Fund Canna, and you can learn more how you can fund your business. Texas Hemp Show. We'll be right back after this, guys. I hear the train coming. It's rolling around the bend. And I ain't seen the sunshine since I don't know when But I've been stuck in Folsom prison And time keeps dragging on And I hear that whistle blow On down the sand and You work hard every day to grow the best crops We work hard to help you boost your yields and cut your costs. Since 1938, we have been pioneers in agricultural testing, helping growers like you. As experts in soil health and plant nutrition, we provide custom fertility recommendations and innovative solutions to your most challenging problems. Plus, our clients always enjoy the benefit of one-on-one -on -one consulting. Don't wait any longer. Call us today. Stop guessing and start testing. 
The Texas Hemp Show is brought to you by your friends at CBD Pros USA, your cannabis experts. Right now, you can save 50% off any one product if you mention the Texas Hemp Show. That's right, 50% off anything on the online store menu. Nanotincture, watermelon gummies, our Brio Drip Moisturizing Cream, any single item, 50% off. That's CBD Pros. CBD is present in more significant quantities in hemp than marijuana. And because it's non-psychoactive, CBD is widely regarded as the cannabinoid with the most health potential by researchers. If you'd like to learn more about CBD and our products at CBD Pros, you can read our education page and browse some of our products to learn more. Visit CBDProsUSA.com. That's CBDProsUSA.com. Myelin Wellness is a proud sponsor of the Texas Hemp Show and has earned a reputation for creating future-minded CBD and Delta innovations. From broad-spectrum CBD to a wide variety of recreational products, Smilin offers the best experience while matching the needs of consumers across the board. Are you a fan of edibles? The Smilin connection of in-demand hemp-derived goodies are bursting with flavor, fun to consume, drive long-lasting results, and provide just the right amount of cannabinoid dose. Check out the variety of potent Delta 9 Gushers, Delta 8 Chocolate Malt Balls, Space Rings, and Nerd-like Candy Clusters. Smilin has also unveiled a new line of functional and euphoric mushrooms that provide powerful and pure solutions to nurture the body and elevate the mind. Stay tuned for the biggest launch of the year, Mushroom Life. Go to SmilinWellness.com, S-M-I-L-Y-N Wellness.com. The Texas Hemp Reporter Magazine. Would you like to host the Texas Hemp Show podcast at your business or special event? Now booking live broadcast from your location with our new demo vehicle, the Texas Green Machine. Email Russell at Texas Hemp Reporter at gmail.com. Now back to the show with your host, Russell Dowden. Welcome back to the Texas Hip Show, podcast number 146 this week on the program. Our guest, Adam Stetner of Fun Canna, joining us from Southern California this week on the program. We're talking about uh, uh, his business, Fun Canna, that can offer lending services exclusively for the the green space here in the United States. Uh, I want to ask you, Adam, um, you mentioned earlier how many states are you in? There was not all the states, but you're in. Is it most states or all the states? 
we are in uh, all states where cannabis is legal okay. or uh, uh, where hemp products are sold, right? Given the 2008 Farm Bill. Um, and so uh, we have not, uh, admittedly, we've not funded in all 40 states where um, THC is legal in some form, but uh, but we're close. We're, we're over 30 states at this point. Um, and uh, inclusive of Texas, I mean, it's it's not a large state relative to legacy states like California, Colorado, et cetera. Uh, but nonetheless, I think we've got either 10 or 12 clients now um, in Texas. Uh, but of course, uh, I'd like that number to be larger. I just uh, I think what we really need is uh, is the market to continue to grow. Mm. Um but yeah, we are everywhere where cannabis is legal or everywhere where hemp products are sold. Yeah, I, I think that uh, Texas is so large that I think at some point, you know, things are going to, you know, we just don't, we're new to this in Texas. Like we're only three years into this over, yeah. he, over here, Adam. So we don't really, you know, we're still all learning and navigating the waters here in the Lone Star State. But I think uh, if... If uh, we get movement nationally in Washington to either deschedule de de or or get some kind of legal movement for for traditional cannabis sales in in, in the national level, um, Texas could be really big uh, and as you know as, as huge as California, um, and and everybody's just gonna be excited as heck if this could ever get going. What what challenges have you seen in the just last few years as an industry? Um, and not just banking, but, you know, regulatory. Yeah, well, I think there there are a few. Uh, and so this is always, a, um, I would say, uh, I don't, it, it's a topic I'm passionate about uh, because it's incredibly frustrating in that there is a lack of logic in the way regulation works for the industry. So challenges include, I'll start with taxation, as I think it's, it's one of, if not the biggest, uh, impact economically. It, as most uh, people know, um, the can cannabis is deemed a Schedule One drug. And, and as such, it has, in the eyes of the federal government, zero value and, and nothing but addiction as its property, which I, I will tell you <laughs> is not true uh, at all. Uh, but, but that is how it's currently by the federal government. And as such, even though it, the Cole memo made it legal for states to independent from the federal government, set their own rules, their own regulations around cannabis, whether it's medical or adult use. And the Farm Bill in 2018, of course, is a separate topic. But, uh, but even though that happened, when you are licensed in a state, let's use California only because that's where I sit, um, you're able to grow, manufacture, distribute, sell with the correct licensing, of course, cannabis. And as such, you pay tax into the state. You do it all legally. And, and almost all those businesses are banked. The, prob the biggest impact and one of the biggest challenges is because the federal government deems it illegal, you, but you're uh, deriving revenue, you still must pay taxes, but you cannot write off any of your expense, mm. what they call your COGS or your cost of goods sold. So in a normal business, if your cost of goods are 60 cents of every dollar, you're only paying tax on the 40 cents that are left over from revenue. In cannabis, when you derive 100 cents of revenue, 
even if your cost was 60 cents, you have to pay tax on all 100 cents. And that is backbreaking for mm. business operators it is absolutely backbreaking. So that is a big challenge because when you're looking at financials, when you're uh, operating a business, the fact that you have to pay tax on every cent that you create in revenue, there isn't another industry that deals with that. Um, yeah. And it, it is prohibitive. Another one just, and I'll move quickly because I want to be sensitive to time, but another challenge is the lack of interstate commerce. There is no ability for you to create scale. If you're a multi-state operator, you have to replicate every aspect of the business from the structure of your entity and the filings and your licensing all the way through the growth facility, your distribution. You, you cannot cross state lines with any kind of economy of scale, um, and it makes it prohibitive for you to expand. Uh, the other is there is an illicit market, and that illicit market is rather large. And so the people that want to be compliant are competing against a lack of enforcement on the illicit market. In fact, there is more enforcement on legal registered business than there is on illicitly operating businesses, which that's puts true. even more financial burden on these businesses. So I would say that's only three. I could keep going. But but those three um, are just any one of them by themselves uh, is crippling. And uh, and until the federal government makes some change, whether it's rescheduling uh, or legalizing, um, the all three that I mentioned will remain. Uh, and and uh, you know, the, again, we could keep going, but but those are three that I think the longer it goes, the more challenging it becomes. Wow. I think those are all really great points. I'm actually surprised. I had no idea about the tax thing that you have to pay yeah. 100% of the tax. Well, that's it, 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 it's section 280E of the IRS code basically was written specifically to say if you derive revenue from the sale of illicit drugs that you have to pay tax on that revenue and you're not if it's an illicit product meaning illegal in the eyes of the Fed you can't write off the cost of those goods because we deem those goods to be prohibited. So, um, so it's 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 a code that's buried in the IRS code. Uh, but for cannabis operators or for a financial institution like myself, um, it, it's incredibly prominent. So, although buried section two eighty subsection e, um, for us it's front and center, and it is uh, it's wild. So. Uh, <laughs> I, I had the same response as you when I first learned about it the three or four years ago, um, but but it's got to end. And I think that if rescheduling occurs, that is a very large step toward uh, potentially ridding us of that 280E provision. And, and Adam, but do you, and before I let Rachel's got a couple for you here too, but I, before I let her her go, uh, do you? What have you do you know much about the Safe Banking Act and what that movement is looking to do? I, I, is that going to help uh, the, the space? Is it going to make it easier for cannabis businesses to get lending from more traditional banks? Is that kind of I mean, I see it's a bipartisan issue with Schumer and the rest of the guys. They're, they're kind of trying to get this to pass through. What 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 have you learned of, of the Safe Banking Act? So I'll start with the positive there, and and I won't I won't pretend that I am by any means an expert 
Okay. Uh, but but what I but I am familiar, and what I can tell you is, uh, and and maybe I, I have a tendency, and I hope uh, you and your listeners appreciate uh, to just say it like I think it. Um, <laughs> sure. I, I think I think it is a political football. Uh, I think any movement, any attention by uh, our elected officials on the cannabis industry is very positive. And the, and the more momentum we get, the better, uh, because the science is there, uh, meaning it is a positive uh, on, on society. It is great for governments, local, state, and Fed, in the fact that it brings in revenue. You've got legacy states that are now operating for many years where they show all of the claims of opponents uh, were not true. Uh, crime does not go up. Accidents and fatalities do not go up. Um, and, and so there, there is a lot uh, of positive. And so the attention that safe banking, or now they call it safer banking, is bringing is very positive. And the, and the fact that it's on their radar, I love. However, what I will say is it, it, it to me, feels relatively innocuous, meaning it's not going to move the needle for any of us in the sense that if you want to be banked, you already are. There are over yeah. 800 banks right now that bank cannabis industry uh, and they bank it openly. The fees for banking have come down dramatically. The threshold or hurdle to be banked is almost nil. Um, if you want to be banked, you can. The cost is not very high. And there is not a single instance of uh, any regulator enforcing against the bank the fact that the bank is providing service to the cannabis industry. It's never happened. So this concept that politicians are using that uh, it's dangerous and the industry is only operating in cash and we need to pass this, um, it shows not only a lack of understanding of what the industry is really dealing with, but their, I wish their focus was more on legalizing the product rather than pushing yeah. a safe banking act when we are already, as an industry, we're already banked. <laughs> and, right. um, and so it does, it, it may open things up a bit, but I can assure you that large banks, uh, JP Morgan Chase, Bank of America, Wells Fargo, just because the Fed says, hey, we won't prosecute banks that will bank it and we encourage banks to bank this just like we do everything else, it doesn't mean that those large banks are going to come rushing in. And it also doesn't mean if, if look, contractors, restaurateurs, dry cleaners, they're all legal in every sense of the word, and they have been for many decades. Uh, alcohol, since prohibition, has been legal. Lending to small and medium-sized business still gets declined at a rate of 75 to 80%. So wow. just, just to, to traditional business, so just hearing that safe banking passed, it's not going to be a needle mover for the industry uh, like legalization would be, or candidly, even I think descheduling comes with much more uh, benefit. So mm -hmm. again, I'm not a party pooper here. I don't want people to feel as if I'm negative and, um, and I'm kind of raining on the parade. I want to say the momentum, the attention is phenomenal. It's outstanding. And I applaud the fact that we are making progress. But this is now like the seventh time that yeah. some of safe banking has made it through one segment of the lawmaking process. 
each of those times it was shot down. And despite that, just in the three years I'm in the space, we've grown by 70% in terms of the amount of banking that is available to us, despite the fact that safe banking is not passing. So we already have banks when we need them. I, I applaud the momentum, but what we really need as an industry is something that moves the needle. 88% of American voters are in favor of legalization, and yet our elected officials aren't doing much about that. And so, again, I, don't, I know that I'm a bit outspoken, but I work in this industry. I represent the clients that work with us. And so um, as a non-plant-touching entity, as someone that has been in finance for 20 years, I want to use my platform, my megaphone, to speak on behalf of the industry, what we really need is something that moves the needle. We don't need kind of a political football um, uh, from politicians that don't understand the industry. We need movement. Well, Adam, how uh, I know a lot of business owners um, who are watching the show are probably wondering how much does it cost to borrow money from Fund Canna? Like, what are your interest rates like? Sure. So so the hard part about answering that, and I will not skirt the question, I promise. <laughs> the, uh, the hard part about answering that is every business really is different. Uh, no different than uh, consumers when they go to get an auto loan, they don't all get the same rate. Mm-hmm. When you go to get a mortgage, you don't always get the same rate. Do you get a five-year, seven-year, 10-year, 30-year term? Are you interest only? Or are you principal and interest? And with auto loans, is it three year and is your FICO 750 or is it a six year and your FICO is 480? So all of these things, while not necessarily directly translatable, uh, time in business, geography, uh, the type of business you're operating, those all uh, play a factor. But the other part is how long is the money going to be out? And, and that absolutely the time value of money makes a difference here for us as well. But um, I would say that we charge on a monthly basis. We typically, the the easiest translation is no compounding of interest, no accrual of fees. Very simple structure with nothing hidden. And uh, our rates are roughly 2 to 3% a month with the idea that our average duration, because it's used like a revolver, our average duration is much less than a year. Uh, and and is project based. So uh, I would say two to three points is our mo- per month. <clears throat> excuse me, is our most common cost structure. Uh, but that should not be annualized, and it should not be thought of as traditional interest rates, because if you think about a five percent mortgage on a hundred thousand dollars, that does not cost you five thousand dollars. Uh, <laughs> and so. So for us, when we say two to three percent, it is truly simple uh, in the calculation and the client controls their duration and therefore yeah. they control their cost. Well, that's what I liked when I had my conversation with Jeff Brock is you can pay this back, you know, as soon as you want. If, you know, if you just need them to fund the purchase, they'll fund the purchase. And then, you know, as you draw um uh, as your, you know, as you get, as your sales increase from the purchase that they've made for you, you, you could choose to pay that all right back in two right. weeks, uh, two, two months, whatever long length it takes. But, um, you know, it was just, it was really uh, eye opening to see that how flexible 
that you guys were over there at Fun Cannon. I wanted to ask, how much are you funding equipment purchases in your in your space there in, in, a, in a traditional state? I think that the Texas market is very excited in the few in the coming years, uh, Adam, to see what uh, industrial hemp grow looks like in Texas. We're very it's a very big agriculture state, as you're aware of, um, uh, like California. But we uh, we want to see. The industry just doesn't have, there's not the infrastructure yet in Texas, uh, particularly on the funding side, I think, uh, with getting that, uh, the, the, the industrial side going. Are you, are you funding a lot of equipment purchases out there, or is it a more traditional flower market for you? Uh, I would say it is a, a minority percentage of, of what we do, but we do fund uh, on equipment. The thing to note is, we don't fund a startup, meaning if a right. business isn't already producing revenue, um, we won't fund it. And often when equipment purchases are being made, it's if it's for expansion, great, we're, that's in our wheelhouse. Uh, if it's for a second location, in our wheelhouse. If it's upgrading or replacing equipment, absolutely in our wheelhouse. But if it's for a new business, that doesn't really work for us. But I want to say why, because... As an entrepreneur myself, I've started three companies, um, so I don't want to come across as not wanting to support new business. However, I also do not want to overburden or over leverage an operator of a business because then I'm not a very good partner. And mm. I, I, I know what I'm good at. I know what I'm not great at. Uh, and I'm always learning. But what I would say is it's very hard for me to properly size a, a, a debt burden or uh, funding size, if I don't see inflow and outflow of capital, my goal is to understand how what I give you will help a business and ultimately how that repayment structure will not be restrictive to your business. And if you don't yet have revenue, it's very hard for me to know what the repayment will do as you begin to create revenue, what that burden will do to the business. So as long as you're operating, we'll fund equipment. If you're a startup, the goal for us would be, and it is a catch 22, admittedly, Russell, yeah. in that um, if you're looking to buy equipment to get the business going, you can't have revenue. And if you can't <laughs> finance the equipment, yeah. and I'm, I'm aware of that. It's just, it's very important to me that nobody ever looks at Funcana and says, you overlevered me or you overburdened my business. And I haven't quite figured out yet how I can determine the right amount of money to give you if I don't understand the inflow and outflow of capital through your business. Yeah. I hope that makes sense both to you and your listeners. Well, even for my small business, you know, we're one of the only, we're the only magazine that I know in the state that covers this, but, but, you know, uh, you know, it goes off of your deposits. You, they, you've got it. They lenders want to see what's on the, you know, your balance sheet, what you're doing. So, uh, I mean, I wasn't one of these giant, you know, uh, revenue creating, machines myself but but like i could borrow a little bit of money if we needed to so um i just think that this is really cool what you've done and 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 that um this space needs to to know more about it and the opportunities uh and i i've already signed up for a uh, i'm on jeff's i'm on your referral program so uh, I've already got. He's got a great referral program too for folks. If if you if you're in on this and and you refer 
uh, customers. I've already referred a few uh, to these guys, and uh, uh, so I think uh, I think the service that you're providing, Adam, is really uh, a great a great service to the industry, and and the 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 space is lucky to have you. Uh, and your experience uh, uh, providing this to everyone. Um, I really appreciate that. Thank you, Russell. What What are you looking forward to in uh, just the the as the state of of cannabis uh, in the next you know twenty four months to forty eight months? Uh, what excites you over there at Fun Canada right now? Well, I think if if I think about how far we've come so far and how much I've learned uh, and how much the space has evolved. I will say this is among the most resilient group of business operators I've ever seen. Um, I've been in business for over 30 years now, uh, and um, and I've seen all shapes, all sizes. Uh, there are some monster operators in this space, and there are some very small, what I would call mom and pop type operators. But I am impressed with all. The, the, uh, the resilience is outstanding. And so what I'm excited about is... Uh, continued expansion of the space, the ingenuity that operators are showing. Um, just in the last two years, what I've seen in the way of evolution of how people operate um, and and the, the way our capital, personally, for me, something that's very exciting is when, I, when we fund someone and I see their top line sales grow as a result of that funding. So you mentioned earlier that often small businesses uh, get into a bind. That is true. Absolutely true. But often small businesses are hamstrung by the fact that they don't have credit available. Credit and yeah. debt in particular, although a four-letter word, it's not a bad word, um, debt it fuels industry. It just does. <laughs> and the lack of access to capital for this space has held it back. And so what we find often is you can only take orders that you can fill. And if you have to buy product for cash without terms, and that money sits idle while you go through your process of manufacturing, packaging, in some cases having to lab test, of course, and then distributing, and then your revenue comes, you are in a unique position where you can't go take more orders and place more orders to fulfill uh, what you've already gotten until you get some revenue. So I, I love watching the evolution of our clients as they leverage us to expand their ability to take on more orders, buy more product. And usually the more you buy, the less expensive that fulfillment is. And so you get kind of a double effect in that you can purchase more for a lower cost, thereby take more orders, top line grows, and then we've watched these clients scale. So I'll give you one example uh, that, and I hope to see more of this to answer your question. Um, client that borrowed from us, their initial draw was $20,000 on a $100,000 approval. They have since borrowed from us 32 times. They've borrowed $1.7 million. <laughs> wow. and, and their top line has grown by 400%. And, and so you see sales, uh, they've basically grown from a $3 million company to a $12 million company. Now, you ask, why, why did they only draw 20 grand? They didn't trust us. They didn't know who we were. <laughs> uh, and, and so, but, but once we actually did what we promised to do, um, he's come back. 
that's very exciting. The other side, last thing I'll say regarding what I'm looking forward to is evolution and legislation and the regulatory environment. I think mm-hmm. with safe or safer banking, with the potential for the HHS recommendation to the DEA to move cannabis from schedule one to schedule three, which would be like Tylenol with codeine, um, the equivalent is a schedule three drug. I, I hope that that leads to even more momentum around legalization at, at the national level, um, in which case uh, I really am looking for normalization. I, I, I think that this product deserves to be treated uh, like any other consumable product, even if it is considered by most, and I say, you know, air quotes, a vice product like alcohol or tobacco. Um, look at how that works relative to how cannabis works. I think over the next two to four years, we're going to see tremendous evolution in the regulatory environment um, and normalization between states uh, and in marketing around product. And mm-hmm. I think uh, that will absolutely be a game changer. I mean, a real game changer. Well, we we uh, we are excited for you and 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 for the opportunities that you're providing for small business owners. I'm very excited to see it. I actually had a client of mine in here in the office a, a week or two ago, and he was talking to me about uh, an expansion idea. He's working with another partner up in Oregon, and he's got to make this purchase, but he's got to secure the order in Texas before he can uh, order the big purchase in, in, uh, from the inventory in, uh, in Oregon. And I was telling him, I said, well, uh, you need to look up our friends at Fun Canna just in case you you know you can get part of that order paid for by your 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 down payment from your 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 your, your buyer here in Texas for that order. But you know uh, you show your numbers, run it by Fun Canna, man, and, and get get on the because I I feel like it's a you you could be a real lifeline for a lot of these business owners and to 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 to, to, to have to, as an example that one for the twenty thousand uh, you know they're now. A uh, twelve million dollar company, you know, and 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 uh, and you really have helped their business, Adam. Yeah, uh, well, and, and that's the intent, right? And and the way that started, by the way, he didn't even want to apply. He spoke to us, and he's like, "I, I don't want to apply." But but I, I'll say, uh, I, and I, I didn't speak with him initially. Uh, we've since spoken because of his story. Um, I, I mean, it's an amazing one, and I wanted uh, to congratulate him, of course, and thank him for trusting us, but. There is no cost uh, up front. In other words, um, we don't charge for conversation. We don't even, unlike other companies that charge underwriting fees and doc fees, we charge nothing. Yeah. And so the, not only is the conversation free, but to, to, we, we intentionally have done it so that we've removed the barriers or the fear so we don't charge anything to underwrite a file. I mean, zero. Uh, and, and then there's no obligation. So if we make an offer and you don't take it, no problem. We still don't charge. Yeah. The Uh, the only time we charge anything is if you take money from us. Um, but, but that really removes the barrier to determine what's available and give you the, uh, the option, which is why I exist. My goal is to create options for the industry and help fuel growth. And so we remove the barriers, we remove the cost determine what you're eligible for and then give thought to how you may use that capital once you know and only when or if you draw money is there any cost for you and so um you know that's kind of how that that relationship uh started uh and i'm thrilled that it did it's been great for for him it's been great for his clients 
he now has eight clients that that we pay him on their behalf. Uh, <laughs> and and so it, it kind of trickles down both up and down. We even the farmer that he buys biomass from, he's a crude oil producer. Uh, we we expanded 40 acres for that farmer. Um, you know, he borrowed three hundred and fifty thousand from us uh, to to you know, work the soil and do the things he needed to do to get those additional uh, 40 acres prepared for growth. So I, I think that once we're in the ecosystem, people see the benefit. And yeah. that's really the goal is just optionality. Well, also, you know, uh, uh, Jeff Brock, my account rep, put me up on the uh, referral program so you can actually refer your friends, your other businesses. You know, we have, have, a, we have a magazine in Texas that's in uh, 800 cannabis businesses here in the Lone Star State, Adam. And so I've been trying to get at, at JP or somebody who handles your marketing over there because I yeah. think it might be like a good sense to to work with you guys. But I'm excited about referring uh, more friends to this and uh, tell more folks about Fun Cannon. We hope to look to work with you guys, uh, you know, more maybe in 2024. Where are you going to be? Um, where do you see? Uh, are you guys going to be at MJ Biz in Vegas here in this fall? We, yeah, we will. We'll have uh, nine or ten people uh, at MJ BizCon. We will have a booth on the floor. We'll likely sponsor uh, a few happy hours or events as well to get get together with people and and get to know them better. Again, none of it is any pressure, but I would encourage anyone uh, that is listening, if you are at MJ Biz, I'll be there. Uh, uh, a bunch of our, Jeff, I don't believe will be there, your rep, but but we have five or six other reps, uh, many of whom will be there. We have a BD rep that'll be there. Our marketing people will be there. Um, and then our head of sales and operations will also be there. I'm even bringing my head of credit there uh, really w solely with the intent of giving him a better understanding of how these businesses not only uh, work, but how they interact with one another. Because the show is a very unique environment for you to see all from ancillary to growing to distribution to providers that are supporting the industry. How does everyone interact with each other? So uh, that show, you know, along with Benzinga and, and a few others, mm -hmm. uh, these are amazing ways to interact with one another. So please come say hello, spend time with us. Uh, as I said, the conversations are always free um, and there's no obligation. We're just really eager to learn about you, your business and how we might be able to help. Well, you can always check them out down there. That's going to be at the MJ BizCon. Go see them at, if you're attending that. It's November 28th through December 1st at the Las Vegas Convention Center in uh, in, in downtown uh, Las Vegas. But, uh, Adam, thanks, man, for being on the show. Um, if you guys are ever uh, looking to market more into Texas, consider us as a vehicle for for you. But I'm going to continue to tell my friends about it, about you guys. And um, and I can uh, – is there an email? Can I, I don't know if I I should fire off uh, uh, Jeff's email, but uh, but I know that I have a uh, uh, he's my rep, and if you guys come and and reach out and sign up under him, I get paid by all of you if uh, because of the referral program. So uh, jbrock at funcana.com is my rep's email address, and that's Jeff Brock. And uh, is there a general email as well, uh, yeah, uh, Adam? Yeah, yeah, we do. We have both info at funcana, sales at funcana. Either of those will make it to people that can service. But what I would also suggest, please visit the website, funcana.com. 
there's the ability for you to make an inquiry again without any obligation online. But our phone number is there as well, which is 844-420-FUN. Um, and, uh, and I know it's a little hokey, uh, so please forgive me, but uh, 420-FUND, 844-420-FUND. But, but uh, check our website, give us a ring, um, shoot an email. And the same is true if you just call in and tell us that you heard about us through the Texas Hemp Reporter, uh, you know, it certainly will uh, go a long way for uh, for both your business, yes. but also for Russell and the, and the Texas Hemp Reporter. Uh, no, just great stuff. I, I'm excited to, to see the, the, the work that you guys continue to do. Check out Fun Canna over at the upcoming Vegas event. That'll be MJ BizCon, and uh, that'll be again November 28th through December 1st of this year. Thank you, Adam, for being a part of the show, my friend. We appreciate you being on, and and uh, if I need some if I need some funding, I know who to call. I appreciate your help, man. Thank you so much for having us. All right, there he goes. That's Adam Stetner from Fund Canna. Be sure to check these guys out. If you need to get uh, a, a little bit of a, a line of credit or some funding, uh, you can always check out fundcana.com and uh, learn more about their operation. But I think the space is uh, in a good, a good uh, uh, Adam's work is good for the space. And I think he's done a great job. Stay tuned. We're going to take a quick commercial break. We'll come back and we'll talk about the magazine a little bit on the other side. Texas Hemp Show. Sweet Sensi, known as the original Texas Rosin Company, presents another year of bringing the hemp industry and the people of Texas together to celebrate all things cannabis at their Texas Hemp Harvest Festival. The Sweet Sensi brand, known as the best true full-spectrum organic gourmet candy manufacturer in Texas, has been selling out the Texas Hemp Harvest Festival for the last two years. This year's festival holds two days of elevated cannabis experiences on November 3rd and 4th, downtown East 4th Street at Distribution Hall, showcasing hemp and art vendors from all around the state. And features on stage top reggae artists like 10-Foot Ganja Plant, Sister Nancy, Josh Heinrichs with Skillinja, Pacifier, and Austin's own Mau Mau Chaplains. Sponsorships available to companies interested in showcasing their brand to the large audience. Buy your tickets and inquire about sponsorship and vendor spots at TexasHempHarvestFestival.com. This is the Texas Hemp Reporter Podcast, your source for the Texas hemp and cannabis industry. It's martini time. All right.
right, welcome back to the Texas Hemp Show. Podcast number 146 rolls on. We'll go ahead and keep this thing going just for a couple more minutes, guys. Uh, Podcast 146. Thank you to my guest, Adam Stetner from Fun Canna, joining us on the show this week. I think uh, he's got a, a great product and... I uh, look forward to uh, learning more about them and 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 uh, going and seeing them as well over at uh, MJ BizCon. I'm not certain for certain I'm going, but hey, special shout out. Of uh, speaking of events this weekend, shout out to the Texas MJ March and Freedom Festival. As we record the show here on the 12th, that is Saturday. So if you're listening to the show tomorrow, that's in Dallas, and that's the big activism march that they do up there at the uh, Austin Zamoreri and. A lot of that Dallas community, they go march up there, uh, and there's a bunch of events going on. For more on that, I, I did send a link to my producer, but I don't know if he pulled it up. But it's on Facebook, and um, but that is the Texas MJ March and Freedom Festival in Dallas going on uh, this Saturday. So uh, be sure to check that out. And um, anyway, the new magazine came out last week on uh, but when we recorded our show, they just hadn't delivered yet before we recorded. They actually delivered later that night, actually, uh, of all things. But let's open up, uh, just kind of flip through a few of the pages here of the magazine. This is the latest edition here, our October issue. And uh, you can kind of flip through here and just get a, a sense of uh, the magazine. But we've got some articles in here. And uh uh, just a very colorful looking edition. These are available in smoke shops and CBD stores around uh, the state of Texas. Uh, you can check out some of the brands and advertisers that are in here. But great, great article here. You, me, and THCA. There's a, a great story there. Uh, Rachel, you did a great article here on the recap of the cannabis roundup from uh, from last issue. Uh, we were down there in August, so uh, that's pretty cool. Um, but there's a couple things you wrote about. Yeah, I also wrote about um, Texas Cannabis Company's three-year anniversary. Oh, that's right. Yeah, and that's on page, let me see, it's kind of toward the back. Oh, that's where you were on the boat. On the boat bash, yeah, on page 32. (laughs) So also, um, Austinite Cannabis Company, they also opened a new location in South Austin. Oh, really? Yeah, so I have the details in this this write-up. It's it's down on... um, Menchaca, like the very south end, you know, almost yes. literally almost to the town. <laughs> um, it is basically probably at the town of Menchaca. Yeah. Uh, but and it's n- fall, so you know they're going to be opening up their events again that they do with their. Um, they have like pop up markets and stuff at their mm-hmm. Austin location on the east side. So um, definitely check them out. And across the page from there on page thirty three is the event we're going to be uh, here coming up here in a few weeks, November third and fourth, the Sweet Cincy and the again the third annual. Uh, Texas uh, Hemp Harvest Festival. We are, we'll have a booth there. And you know, I reached out to one of the bands called uh, pa- Pacifier. I'm waiting to see if I can get a, a, the guys emailed me back about doing a, a, an interview in the uh, upcoming, that would be in the December edition. Uh, but they're on tour right now. So I know it's kind of hard for them to get an interview done with me as they're in the middle of their tour. Uh, and this date here that they perform on the 4th um, here at the Sweet Cincy is one of the last dates of the tour. But 10-foot ganja plant, pacifier, uh, Josh Hendricks and Skillinger, Sister Nancy, and Mau Mau Chaplins, our friend Mo, and those guys will be performing out there. But this is, of course, at the distribution hall. Uh, the show's sponsored by this event, and so we've been plugging this. Uh, but we have a booth ourselves at it. We've 
did this two years ago. Last year, the event was on my birthday, Rachel. So I didn't want to. I didn't want to do an event. I didn't no want to. I had no commitment to an event, not on my birthday. So my birthday is in November, but uh, um, this is early enough. We're going to go ahead and do it, have some fun, and hang out with those guys. And I spoke with uh, Tracy, uh, Greg's wife. Greg's going to come on the show October 26th, and that's the last show that we do before this event oh, nice. the following week. So uh, Greg will give us kind of an update on what's going on. And and I think they may have a little bit of tickets left on this, guys. They sell that thing out every year. And, uh, you know, here we are the 12th of 13th of October. So they may still have a few tickets left, uh, but that gets only about 2,000 people. So if you haven't gotten one of those, uh, get one. Uh, but there's going to be lots of food and uh, uh, drinks and uh uh, there'll be a, a very elevated cannabis experience as it's two days this year and the evening on the third and then again all day on the fourth. So um, check out uh, the Harvest Festival, guys. That's a lot of fun. But uh, anyway, the magazine looks great. Uh, we've got another event, the second annual Texas Hemp Summit on page 36. Uh, Carl and I will be out there for that. We're going to be uh, doing an event. We're going to be filming that event actually for them. Uh, there you go. One more over, Carl. The, uh, the Hemp Summit is December 8th and 9th, and that's going to be at Texas A&M University's AgriLife Center. And uh, you can actually get involved and sponsor this if you want. Um, you need to check out texashempcoalition.org forward slash summit if you want to get involved with this. And I know a lot of our, our family of the hemp space and community attended this event last year. All three of us were there. Uh, for this, we did do uh, actually we streamed some of it on the internet, unbeknownst to them. But we uh, this year we're we're actually doing it officially, recording it for them officially. But um, you can check out the uh, early bird tickets there and uh, get involved with the Texas Hemp Summit Network and explore an emerging industry from anything from fiber to all forms of cannabinoids. But um, our friends at the Texas Hemp Coalition put this together, and Alyssa Nolan. Uh, has asked us to uh, give them a, a plug and, and check them out. So we're going to be out there ourselves. So if you want to get involved or sponsor this, uh, reach out to the Texas Hemp Coalition because this is really one of the, the industry's fun events um, that uh, that uh, we like to cover. And and um, you will see uh, what's going to be changing with the speakers and, um, uh, and just educating the industry in the space there at the Hemp Summit. It's always a great event to go. Uh, too as well but the magazine continuing there just uh, great great information tackling marijuana decriminalization from austin's amerary um there's a, a whole slew of distribution points in the back you can actually see this is something new i did in the back of the magazine where you can see where the magazines are available if you've ever uh, never you can't find a magazine sometimes maybe you just look through the back there i've printed all of the locations in texas that carry us and there's well over five. I couldn't print them all because uh, this is only three pages that I could print. And this is probably 500. Yeah. It's a, I like that you did this because it shows really 
our reach is big. Yeah, it, it, it is. And, and people don't, people know that I, I say that we're out there and in, in all these places, but you don't really ever see where they're at, but uh, they are available uh, throughout Austin, Dallas, San Antonio, and then like Arlington, Fort Worth. I do get them out from time to time. Not every month do I get them down to the Valley, but when I can, I get them down there. And I have a, I have a load that's going down there with my son uh, this weekend uh, to the Rio Grande Valley. That's going to go see them and drop them off with Edinburgh and McAllen. So, but that's a quick look at the magazine for the October issue. We'll be working on our upcoming, I guess, I guess it'll be our Christmas edition that we're working on next, and that'll be profiling uh, coming out here in, in um, early December. So that one will probably get out right before the Hemp Summit. So we'll be working on that for the next foreseeable couple of weeks. And I don't know what we're going to have you work on, but oh, <laughs> there was a story that you didn't get to finish last time. It was with the Dake Filet. Yeah. I talked to those guys oh, the good. other day and they, they said, yeah, just to let, you know, we can still get that done. Okay, good. So, yeah. They, we were playing phone tag and then it just ended up not working out. But. Yeah. They're, well, they were busy with um, uh, they're just t- flat out busy. They're mm-hmm. over there with AWS. Those guys. Uh, okay. uh, that's part of the family over there with the Dank Filet product. It's one <laughs> of the guys over there. But um, a good show this week with Adam from Fun Canna on the program, and I appreciate him coming on again. Like I said, next week on the show will be who? Um, it. 4K Farm. <laughs> I can't read the board from here. That's going to be Taylor. Taylor will be on in the first segment from 4K Farm. And then we will have uh, Andrea Steele and David Sergi will come on from kind of the Legal Eagles article. We've profiled several attorneys in this. Uh, we're profiled in here as the Texas Cannabis Legal Eagles navigating the complexities of hemp law here in the Lone Star State. But two of the four attorneys profiled in the magazine will be joining us, and that will be Andrea Steele and David Sergi. So they will come on to talk to us a little bit about the panel, granted, the, that uh, found that was unconstitutional. So we'll get a little update on all things uh uh, Delta 8 with the, the Lone Star State and where the status is. So our retailers love to hear news about that. So next week we'll have that on. Uh, David on with Andrea Steele. So we'll get a, a good grower profile with 4K Farm and then we'll talk with our attorney friends and the legal side and get an update in that front. Other shows coming up after that will be uh, Tim Jensen from uh, Grunt Style will be on the program in the coming weeks and then High on Nature, Pure ISO Labs, Dank uh, Beverages, a lot of good stuff cooking up. If you're interested in being a guest on the Texas Hemp Show, send me an email, texashempreporter at gmail.com. I'm Russell. She's Rachel. We'll see you guys next time. Great show this week. Podcast 146, Texas Lip. Blah, blah. <laughs> Texas Hemp Show. <laughs> Happy Halloween. <laughs>